This is exactly right. theater. Karen gave me a look right before we said that of terror because <laughs> here's why. You guys will be happy to hear that last night she called Charleston Charlotte. <laughs> you know what we do for a living we pretend. You know what I mean? It's there's times where you just can't hide what's in your heart. <laughs> Thanks, I've never been here. <laughs> <laughs> we knew you guys would, for the humiliation, and she felt last night, oh, another hair on her. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> we knew that it, you guys would make up for it by being stoked about it, so thank you. You really, you really reflected that. <laughs> Here's the thing, this is such a big theater, I don't think the front row needs to be this close. <laughs> I mean, for real. <laughs> I mean, I legit almost snatched a beer out of it. The hand of a girl walking by. <laughs> no, you don't want to see me do this drunk. It's not fun for anyone. Uh, this kind of looks like we're in fucking Vienna or something. Look at this, like... It's tiered and balconies. Balconies. It's some opera shit going on up here. Which is great because uh, did you know about Georgia's hidden talent? Did you know? It's that my hidden talent is that I will never sing for you ever. (laughs) And I know that I shouldn't and I won't. (laughs) Meanwhile, I can't wait. (laughs) Thank you. That's my new song, Ham on Rye. <laughs> um, speaking of fucking up, this is our opening that we called What We Did Wrong So Far This Weekend. <laughs> I feel horrible. I don't think that she's here, but if this ever gets posted and she listens to it, this I just want just, to apologize. I totally forgot about this because you just mentioned it. Because I can't stop thinking about how awful I feel. There's a girl There's a girl in the airport, but way back in Durham, right? Yep, years way ago. Way back, years ago. Just like when we were children. On Friday. It's crazy. Um, and like, there's this face that you can recognize now that she and I can recognize of recognition that they recognize. Yep. We're recognizing and they're recognizing. Yeah, and we're recognizing that we're recognizing it's a mo- it. It's a recognitive moment. Yeah. And there's reckoning. Yeah. You know, there's a reckoning it. to be had. Right. That's true. Uh, and you see it and you're like, okay, like it's really the best. We're always like, it's everyone we meet is like, everyone here is like someone we would be friends with anyway. So yeah. you're never, and it's like, what the fuck? I'm getting recognized? Like, this is fucking insane. <laughs> there's layers. It's there's a, a layer. lot of layers to it. And it's it. a podcast, but you know my stupid face? Like this is the best. <laughs> I've never been bummed about it and I fucking hope I never am. So this girl, <laughs> but, but, so this girl gets up. I see her doing the reckoning and she gets up <laughs> she's like over there kind of and and I go and I I do this because I'm like oh she's gonna come say hi I go oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh no 
like, I meant it really, oh no, oh my God. You know, like I meant it positively. Right. Oh no, not you like, no oh positively. no. Yes. I was, it oh, went that's up. my, my blood type. That's right. And then, <laughs> no positive? Oh, oh positive. Um, nope, positive. Right. Donate. It hurts, but it's worth it. Um, <laughs> well, that I I, honestly, so I was so nice to her. And I also I don't think she heard you at all. Like cause like she did see your happy face, so that's okay. all that really matters. But I mouthed, oh no. <laughs> <sighs> oh no. And it's one of those things that like it looked like I was whispering to you, like, and I was doing a happy face and going, Oh no, Karen, <laughs> shit, here comes another one, which is not <laughs> what I was doing. Meanwhile, I was like, Twitter. <laughs> That is bad mm-hmm. for feeling for us, right? Which is all that matters. But, <laughs> uh, maybe not as bad as the first night, which happened in Durham what when it? we were doing our funny joke of t- pretending that we know college mascots and sports. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know, the first one that we did, I, Georgia mentioned some school for some reason. I was like, and they're the fighting, and she which goes, is the scary. You getting put on the spot. Like on my couch is fine, <laughs> but, but but in a theater like this, it's it's a little pressurey. And on that one, Georgia goes the fighting wakeboarders, which made me laugh <laughs> for fucking ever. And then it's pretty a, good. It's about forty five minutes later, some college came up. Duke and she, <laughs> yeah, she. We were. I, I mentioned Duke. <laughs> You'll love this. Are you saying Duke or Boo? this seems like what's funny is if they're mentioning duke but they're saying it like boo it all sounds the same anyway you may want to work on that next semester (laughs) (laughs) so i say duke she says and they're the fighting and then i went uh and did a but what they call an improv failure where i just kind of didn't say anything because i said what i wanted to say was hillbillies I didn't. And then she said, oh, I wanted to say hillbillies, yeah. but I didn't want it. So she told them. <laughs> I said it right to their fucking faces. <laughs> but they had, they had this same reaction. So it doesn't seem to be uh, the problematic phrase I thought it was. <laughs> and here's, this is what we thought. We were like, oh my God, oh, in California on the TV, rain, hurricanes. Oh my God, everything's so awful. It must be cold there. So we brought jackets and shit. <laughs> Because in like, our minds, we're like, rain. Pull out those long pants. Yeah. I've got a fucking wool sweater I need. This is seriously truly one of the thicker dresses I could be wearing right now. <laughs> we didn't, we don't, we don't fucking know. And that's like, <laughs> we got off the plane into a, a sauna that's on a 102. We're just like, sorry, your heat also has water in it? What's happening? What's happening? Um, oh, I also last night uh, said, um, I said, uh, it's not that funny. <laughs> I just said our husband Vince. <laughs> <laughs> so that was embarrassing. That was pretty funny, actually. <laughs> and, but we made it. We made it through. We've made it through the rains. Oh, let's taste. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is my favorite oh, yeah. murder, the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. That's Karen Kilgariff. That's Georgia Hart Stark. Thank you. 
Steven's not here. He's taking a hundred photos of my cats right now. Sorry. He, uh... I feel like he, I think he came in, my dad was watching him the first two days, and I think that Steven snuck in, ripped up the bag of treats that my dad left out with his pills in it, and so Elvis opened it and like OD'd, he's fine, on it. and ran out, so my dad looks really bad and he'll never fucking cats yeah, it again. Yeah, I would not put that past Steven and his deep, bizarre passion for cats <laughs> that he would absolutely set Marty up so hard that he, your father would never be welcome back in your apartment. <laughs> and that's now purely Steven's domain. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm here for it. I'm like, I support it. Kind of. Like, if you love my cats that much... What more do you want? I mean... Listen. You should give him those cats. <laughs> <laughs> she just wraps three cats up in a box for Christmas. We were going to give you a monetary bonus. We decided you like cats better. Here. Here's three cats. The equivalent of... Do what you will. <laughs> Take as many pictures as you want. Day and night. Stephen would probably die of thirst because he would just continue to take pictures. <laughs> And not feed or water himself. You gotta wonder because truly, like, he'll send me one photo of Mimi and it's the most gorgeous photo I've ever seen of her in my life. And then I'm like, how long did you do that for? <laughs> like, I bet it's, I bet he seems obsessed with me based on how many photos of my cats he has on his Oh. <laughs> that was rude. I'm sorry. Steven, cut that. Steven! I don't think you're obsessed with me. I think you mildly like me and tolerate me. <laughs> Here's the thing that I love everyone's while I think about. We just we just have at it, Stephen, at the top of every live show because how you know that's that's our job. Um, it's in the contract. Um, the contract Stephen gave us. And then <laughs> yeah, he's the CEO of this company. That's right. I don't know who did that, but uh, but then I love the idea that the first person to ever listen to any of these episodes is Stephen alone, like in tonight, his apartment tonight in like, my apartment. So that's stupid too of me <laughs> right? that's right what if all those little pill bags are just like have been pre perforated what if he's just could be what if he's just mixing up my pills just because he's like i'm gonna get back at her she's not sleeping tonight <laughs> but then he's like hey how are how do you feel <laughs> big mustache smile hi <laughs> hey, i brought you some water to take more pills ready for ready to record <laughs> No. Um, what else? What do you want to know? You want to know about the um, fresh out of Karen's ears earrings I'm wearing as uh, brooches tonight? <laughs> Thank you. That's the kind of friends we are. Yeah. I didn't wipe them off or anything. <laughs> and they keep stabbing me. I will absolutely be brought in for questioning for so your murder. Much DNA. So much DNA on that dress. Yeah. What is this called, this part of your body called the again? The cloclea? Cloclea. The <laughs> clavicle? <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, sorry. The hillbilly. <laughs> the decolletage? <laughs> the decoration area? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is a beautiful rug. God, this is... I'm so glad we brought it from home. Yeah, Balcony knows what this rug looks like. What <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Um, it's he... Bed Bath and Beyond. Oh Am God. I right? So Beyond. <clears throat> should we sit in our uh, Ames office chairs? Sure. 
These are Oh, classy. wait, we wanted to... Uh, I don't know how we're going to tell the story. There's so many good Sitting. stories when we meet people in the VIP. Everybody oh, yeah. has an amazing relative who dated Ted Bundy. Every single person. <laughs> every single person's aunt went on one date with Ted Bundy. Uh-huh. Uh, it was the 70s. Um, Everyone works in the correctional system and has a secret about someone's... Yes. Someone We've gotten thing. some good ones. Yep. Um, ah. Last night, when... Uh, we had some people come through the line, and a man told us that he, he apologized and said, sorry, I had to run out during the show because I had to go uh, sign an arrest warrant um, because there was a man who got caught nude, covered in olive oil in a woman's bedroom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I have an inkling that you're a judge, <laughs> and you just watched that shit we did on the stage. That's yeah. unbelievable. And we were like, we should have brought you up, but he was giggling so hard about it <laughs> that we were like, this is inappropriate. Yeah, no. That was <laughs> clearly know. a private conversation. The women of this audience would appreciate <laughs> you laughing hysterically. Um, he wasn't laughing at that part. <laughs> Full rotation on yeah. these chairs, by the oh. way. Full fucking rotation. Oh, shit. Ooh. Yeah. Keep going. Ground it. Yeah, someone, someone olive oiled these chairs up real good <laughs> before we came out here. You keep looking up there, and I'm like, what, what, what is, is it? it? Uh, also, some, the girl who did, the woman who did the hometown last night has changed the rules of the hometowns. You can only come up here if you're a dive bar bartender. Yeah. Because you guys can talk. <laughs> Anyone? Nobody. Do you have dive bars here? Probably. <laughs> They're all just like, but I want to do mine. <laughs> Don't I'm worry. Not, I'm, I'm not a bartender. <laughs> <clears throat> this is a true crime comedy podcast. That's correct. And oh, yes. So... Don't get it twisted. We always forget to explain this. It's very important for the people who have been brought here against their will. Hi, how are you? Podcasts are this thing that they invented about eight years ago <laughs> for people to listen to while they're at jobs they hate. Um, yeah, it's like a radio show, right? right? So they can be with their friends and not feel bad. <laughs> And this one in particular is true crime, also comedy, which can be a very uh, complex combination. Uh, there's a lot of feelings that take place. There's a lot of ups, the sharps up, sharps downs. <laughs> and uh, trust us, we know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, get the fuck out. Seriously. <laughs> it's all. It's all we can tell you. Oh, I have family in the audience oh, tonight. Yeah. I have family in the audience tonight. This whole. They're all your family? Yes, everybody. Yeah. It's Denise, Maureen, Jane. Um, no, uh, it's, <laughs> this is my favorite. I once got a tweet about this. A girl sent a tweet that said, you don't have to say your sister's friend, Adrian. We know who Adrian is. Aww. So Adrian's here tonight, everybody. Yeah. You really got that tweet? That's aggressively nice. It was hilarious. It's just like, you don't have to keep explaining who the people on this show are. Um, but I've known Adrienne since I was 10 and she was 12. She's basically like my sister. But it's weird to say sister because then it seems like, you know, we're in Nexium or some weird shit like that. Like, 
it's not it's not like that. But, but she we, looks more like your sister than your sister looks like your sister. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She does. We look more alike. Everybody thinks she and I are sisters. And also, at every major, major family event that I have missed, um, people always just walk up to her and say, hi, Karen, <laughs> which is my favorite. That's and she great. doesn't like it at all. Um, <laughs> but also, her eldest son, the firstborn, Connor, is here also. And um, that's She right. holds him up. He's a grown-up, but he's, she holds him up like yeah. a baby. And he's got, as, Those. as we said the other night, the baby headphones on. Yeah. Um, and I just want to tell you this, my favorite anecdote about Connor and Adrian. Please. So Adrian had Connor really young, like, but she was the first one to have a baby in the group of friends. So Connor was like everybody's baby. And Con, you were a great baby. He had really huge blue eyes. And he was just kind of like down for whatever. And um, <laughs> Love those babies. <laughs> so one time my sister's on the phone talking to Adrian. And she, they're talking, like they're gossiping. So, right, they're in it and they're just like, blah, 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 blah. and Connor is probably three years old. And in the background, my sister can hear every like four to seven minutes, she hears Connor go, Chi Mama? And what's happening is Adrian is gossiping on the phone, not really paying attention. Every time Connor says, Chi Mama, she pulls off like half a slice of American cheese. <laughs> And just hands it to him. But she's not paying attention uh -oh. to how many times he says, Chi Mama. And so then one time, and she does it multiple times. And then one time he just walks up and throws up cheese all over the kitchen. And, and Adrian's response is, what are you, high? <laughs> It was all like a radio play for my sister, and when she retold it to me, we were both like crying, laughing. It's my favorite story. That's essentially what a podcast is. Yes, it's just you exactly. listening. Just like, shit. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Um, so I like to say that to Connor now, even though he's, you know, like what are you, thirty or something? Gross. <laughs> something disgusting Ew, like, like a, that. Adult. How did they let you in here? Um, Anyway, cute f family anecdotes. If you see him tonight, throw up. <laughs> For old times' sake. Cheese, mama. Or give him some cheese. I don't know. Pick one. I'm not the boss of you. All right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound... 
means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. This, um, you guys have a lot of murderers that we don't want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? This whole weekend's been a, I can't do that, of murders. I fucking hate Pee Wee Gaskins, that stupid motherfucker. I hate that guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's the whole idea. But, uh. Sure. So it was really hard because, like, obviously we want to talk about things. um, And, you know, it's just difficult to be light about many of the topics that the Carolinas bring. So... (laughs) (laughs) This guy is among the worst. I mean, really unbelievable. Did you see my eyes right up when you said that? (laughs) Oh, among the worst. Um, But the thing that sucks is there's not that much, like, information about him. So it's basically just the really shitty crimes of Marcus Schrader. Oh. (laughs) Um, Yeah, everyone be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) So this all happens in 1974. No laughing back there. Yeah, really. Up here. Fuck you, the balcony. (laughs) She turned on y'all real quick. (laughs) What I don't realize is there's four of them. It just like keeps going up. Well, you know which one they're talking about. Okay, this is all happening in 1974. Put yourself there. Um, The doors. (laughs) I don't know. Um, So, uh, August 2nd, Marcus Schrader at the time, he is a 33-year-old stepfather of five, and he's a Marine that is based at Camp Lejeune in Jacksonville. Um, I'm sure I could have pronounced it better. Let's move on. You're getting thumbs up. Okay. Great. All right. It all feels bad, just so you know. It all feels bad. Every city name, every local thing is a horror to say out loud. Um, Okay. So, Marcus is, uh, it's August 16th, and Marcus is driving around with um, his stepdaughter, uh, Deborah. Deborah Ann Brown is her name. And um, they drive by uh, the post office parking lot and they see a woman named Cheryl Boyd getting into her car. And um, was that a baby? That was totally a baby. There's a fucking full on real baby. Wait, Connor? Connor, Connor, was that you? Don't cry, Connor. 
Someone give him cheese. Who has American cheese? <laughs> Who carries American cheese slices in their purse? <laughs> Smart. Me. Uh, okay, so... Um, so Marco Schrader uh, basically tells Deborah, I want to rob a bank. And he pulls into the, to the um, post office parking lot, and they pull up in the car next to Deborah's car, and he gets out, and he um, gets into the passenger side. As she gets into her side of her car, um, he pulls a 45 and gets into the passenger side and tells her, stay calm, you're going to be all right, you're not going to get hurt, you and I are going to rob a bank. Um, he then directs her to drive to a different parking lot. How Deborah old is she? Follows. Do we know? What's that? How old is she? Do we know? She is a nine. She's nineteen. Okay. Um, so uh, they he directs Deborah follows them in the second car. He directs her to drive to this parking lot, and then Deborah gets out of the second car and brings like essentially a duffel bag over, and he starts unpacking a bunch of shit from this duffel bag, and he unpacks a blue jacket with uh, red and white stripes. Uh, no, sorry, red and yellow stripes. Oh, um, they were gonna yell at you. Yeah, when you check Wikipedia later, I don't want you to be mad. Um, Before this gets bad, because yes. I know it's going to, I just want to say that if my stepdad, when I was like a teenager, was like, "We're gonna rob a bank," I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, we are!" <laughs> like, as a teenager, I'd be like, "That's gonna be fun." Yeah, not like I don't want to hurt anyone. Yeah, but, but it is something to do in an afternoon. Sure, and yeah. I bet it's a like kind of a not much to do in town right. in the '70s. Right. You can also maybe that's the kind of step dad that white let you smoke behind the house yeah. or be cool about buying you Jack Daniels before the big dance. Right. Um, so out of this bag, he pulls that jacket, he pulls a pillowcase, he pulls some brown gloves, and he pulls a green ski mask. Mm. And this is when Cheryl knows she's in trouble. Because around town, for the <gasps> past seven months, -uh. there have been wanted signs up of a bank robber who, um, in January of the same year, had picked up a woman and... Uh, made her rob a bank with him and he was wearing a green ski mask and then after that bank robbery he shot her in the head and <gasps> left her for dead and they had not solved the case and of course there was wanted posters all over everywhere holy um, shit yes i'm glad i said that stuff earlier because now's not the time i mean uh, w when is when is the time <laughs> why have we ever cared about the time um wow that's yeah awful. so uh so Basically, um, he tells Deborah, wait here in this parking lot in this car, and then he makes Cheryl drive to the bank with him. Oh, sorry, that uh, the woman's name that he killed in January was named Ginger Raider. She was 23 years old. Oh. Uh, so that was an unsolved to that point. So at 1.30 p.m., <clears throat> Marcus Schrader walks into North Carolina National Bank with Cheryl in tow. She's obviously scared shitless. Um, he tells the three bank tellers, put the money in this pillowcase. They comply, but they give him um, some of uh, what they call bait money, like marked bills. Um, so it's serial numbers that the bank knows these are from us. Mm -hmm. And they also activate, because it's 1974, and there's, I guess, no video yet or whatever. So they activate cameras in the bank. Oh, no, I bet they're video cameras. In my mind, oh. when I read that line, <laughs> up until this very moment, I would just like... Ch -ch -ch <laughs> I work in television. There was video before 1970. What am I? Fuck 
fucking talking what about? about? What if? Can we just imagine for a minute that they're Polaroids and they just start spitting out <laughs> photos? And he's like, I can just take these. Like, oh, not this one. Not this one. Please, please do not use. I can this put one. a filter on. I can put a filter on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's our conversation. Every picture Georgia yeah. takes of us. I, before I show, I go. I'm gonna put filters on it, and then I go, and, and then she, I put filters on, it and I go, how's this? Is it? Is see how different it is? Because <laughs> I, I don't do Instagram. I'm not in on any of that. So every time we take a picture, I'm like, no, no, no. And she's like, no, no, no. Watch this. Don't forget about the filters. And then it's a Mimi photo of by Steven, basically. I have a mustache. She has whiskers. It's perfect. It's all we want. Okay. So they take pictures of him. Um, I can't. What's wrong with me? It's like Nothing. one little fucking. This. That's like the the. That's the quintessence of me. I just boil it down to one little thing where I'm like, really? I thought it was a different thing. All right. <laughs> well, I just told a whole bunch of people it was something else. So anyway, video wasn't invented until 1986 when I first thought of it. I create the world with my mind. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, so they have pictures of him again in, this, in the green ski mask. They take the money. Um, he takes the money. They run out of the bank. Get into uh, Cheryl's car. He makes her drive away. They go. Uh, they drive back to the parking lot where Deborah is waiting. Um, and Trader tells her to follow them again. And then he makes Cheryl drive to an alley behind the AP store in Jacksonville. And both cars stop next to each other. And um, she, uh, Cheryl throws the car keys out of the car and he, um, gets out, throws his gloves into the car where Deborah is, turns around and shoots Cheryl in the head. Oh. And then he gets into the car with Deborah and they drive away. And he has Deborah drive him to a third fucking car um, in a different parking lot. He has his van waiting. What the fuck? He gets into the van, Deborah drives off, and he changes back into his military uniform oh. and goes back to the base. What? Yeah. Uh, pretty fucking dark. So... In late August, so same month, but like a couple weeks later, the police get this lucky break. So they have these wanted signs up everywhere, and the only thing you can see, because obviously he's got the ski mask on, but he has very he has a very freckly face, mm. and around the eye holes, mm. you can very definitively see that he has freckles right there. So um, uh, a Marine corpsman who was walking by the building, because the, like, police station and where the military police they were the buildings were near each other mm -hmm. and um so this marine is walking by and he looks at the wanted poster and he notices that detail and he had just had dinner with marcus schrader um like a week before so he goes and he goes i know who that is it's marcus schrader uh, and so just from that alone? just from the freckles and you'll see i have a picture of him and you'll see <laughs> So the cops will save that for the end. The because the, it gets so dark and it's so gross. The cops go and raid Marcus Schrader's house. Okay, and like like in a couple hours, they just immediately assemble and go. They find in his freezer. They find the cash from um, the robbery. Freezer, huh? Yeah, that's so um, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but then they go into the attic and. Right. Uh, that's where the bad things happen. Oh, yeah. up, up in the attic. You know. He has a torture chamber. <gasps> uh, 
that's how it was described by seasoned cops on the scene. I couldn't find anywhere where they describe what was in that attic. So you know it was bad oh. because it never got out in any way. I was looking up like actual, this is something I don't do, looking up like the court record and yeah. trying to find what people said in the court trial. Yeah. And there's nothing in there except for they said there was chains on the walls and there was sexual, sadistic sexual paraphernalia. And basically come to find that Marcus had been molesting and raping all five <gasps> of his stepchildren. Holy Shit. Including Deborah, who he who he essentially coerced to do these crimes with him, yeah. um, and who, when later on they were on trial, she was pregnant with his <gasps> child, and she was 16 years old at the time. How have I never heard about? I've this never dude? heard of this either. I know it's it's like they were like let every the cops everyone was like let's never talk about this again. Yeah, it, that, I mean it honestly seems yeah. like what it's like. They were just kind of like people don't need to know the details of this. Yeah. So disgusting. Um, after his arrest, his wife fucking books it out of town with the other four kids, of course. Um, the only family she has left is his aunt, um, who lived up north. So she, thank God she had somewhere to go. So she went up there. Um, Deborah is, uh, is arrested and she's charged. What? Um, well, because she is, she was, you know, aiding and abetting, essentially. Yeah. Um, she ends up in court testifying against Schrader and saying that um, he had been molesting her and raping her since she was 12, and that he beat her with chains, with fists, with a gun, and and raped her with bottles sometimes. Oh, man. Um, and at the trial, uh, uh, he so he's charged, he's sentenced... Um, oh, sorry. She's sentenced to 15 years for her involvement with the crimes. That feels a little. Uh, what's her name? Oh, Patty Hearst. Yes, thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah. The thing is, I think these days, this yeah. is the 70s, where I think people are just like really horrible things happened. You were involved. The end. Yeah, yeah. And there was there was not a lot of um, you know victim empathy or mm-hmm. anything. There wasn't a lot of like let's look into this. It's mm-hmm. like this whole let's just get rid of this whole family. I mm-hmm. feel like is probably what the mentality was. Um, she served seven years. Um, a relative took that baby when she had it. Mm. Um, the prosecution um, fought for the case to stay in the county and the state because they didn't want to move it, uh, even though it got a lot of press, because they didn't want um, him to be eligible for, for parole at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he's tried, he's found guilty of kidnapping and murder. Um, and then at the fucking trial, Deborah Ann Brown testifies and when she testifies she tells another story of an unsolved case that the police don't know about and don't know is uh, connected and that is that one day they were driving around again uh, by that fucking post office parking lot same place and she sees they see two girls from that she goes to high school with uh, a 15 year old Karen Amabile and a 15 year old Cindy Howard they're mailing something at the post office he gets Deborah to go get to offer them a ride home Mm-mm. they say yes and he's and she says you can go get into that van mm. and of course he's laying in wait 
uh, rapes them, shoots them, and then dumps <gasps> them in bear, in the Bear Creek area. Oh my God. And those were unsolved cases until this trial. Damn. And then she basically was like, guess what else? Shit, um, girl. Yeah. So the retire, a district attorney at the time, Bill Andrews, said he's the most dangerous man I ever prosecuted. And after um, he went to jail, um, he got he got uh, the death sentence. And then, yay. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, quick, the, the, quick lesson. The weight. Um, because uh, the Supreme Court ruled that death penalty was unconstitutional in, in 1976. So then he got life in prison. Um, and then he was up for parole in 1986, denied. Um, oh, no, sorry. It never went to the board. It was like it basically everyone looked the paper came and they were like we'll just put that right over there <laughs> shredder over by that throw the matches shredder. away from the polaroid camera up on the wall um <laughs> In 2005, he had his first parole hearing denied, and um, that's Jeez. when Bill Andrews said he worked hard every year to make sure he did not get out of prison. Yes. So Marcus Schrader, yeah, for real, I mean, you know, a lot of people worked on this case, but um, he died in prison of natural causes because he was only 33 when he committed all these horrible crimes um, on July 10th, 2007. Wow. Um, uh, and he was 65 years old at the time. Um, and how did the folks in Eastern North Carolina react? In the days after Schrader's death, a sign at a furniture store in, Jackson, in Jacksonville read, burn in hell, Marcus Schrader. Wow. <laughs> oh. Oh, him. Ew. And that's the horrible story of Marcus Schrader. Wow. I'm sorry. That's crazy. <clears throat> Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Good job. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. yeah. Good job. You tackled that. Thank you so much. With um, stuff and things. <laughs> and, uh, the ultimate compliment. You know. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this one was felt like the safest one I could do. And it feels appropriate. 
and let's just get into y'all your fucking black widow blanche taylor moore oh shit this chick is problematic (laughs) to the max everyone loves a black widow ready for this yes i am and yes i'm going to tell you who played whom in the 1993 black widow murders the blanche taylor moore story yes don't worry (laughs) uh i've got you so there's like insane chicken scratch all over this because right before when I was getting ready and putting my makeup on, I listened to a case file episode about this and I don't know where the fuck that guy finds his info, but he's, he is very good he's at unbelievable. it. He's unbelievable. He gets more info all the way over in Australia yeah. than I get in the in the town. So so this chick Blanche, uh Taylor Moore, uh she was born in Concord, North Carolina. <laughs> They're, 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 uh, she's the fifth of seven kids. They are pretty a poor family. The father uh, is a self-taught Baptist minister, um, which is always positive. So, just he can read. <laughs> he call, he he even calls his own style of preaching primitive quotes. so oh. it's gotta be fun he's a fundamentalist and everyone's like the fundamentalists are like this is too much for us even um, i mean we like god and everything but this is primitive <laughs> Um, she's born in February 17th, 1933. A, uh, in 1942, at nine years old, they moved to Tar, to Tar Hill. Nope, they moved from Tar Hill to Burlington. Um, the coat factory? Exactly. Yes. Oh my God. Which is where we went shopping before we came here <laughs> to get all of our coats. Ooh, that's we so were chilly. So cold. Um, so he, so he, her father is a super fucking strict. He forces. He is into womanizing. He's an alcoholic. He just loves to gamble. Um, and the, the preacher. The preacher. Okay. So that's how you know he's self-taught. Yeah. <laughs> just like that's what I read. And uh, right. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So, so she says it, later in her life that since she was around nine years old, he started to uh, to use her to pay his gambling debts by giving her to the men, the older men. It's really fucking terrible. And um, she found solace in church, though she thinks her mom knew what was going on, but just looked the other way. Um, and she, it, this kind of maybe explains her deep disdain for men in her later life. She thought, could. Yeah. she thought men were worthless. She never learned boundaries with them. And she just kind of had some weird shit going on. Like she would go from quoting scriptures to then starting to talk about sexually expi- explicit topics in the same conversation. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that was the combo for her at home. Sure. It sounds like. Right. Like, so those things kind of got over, you know, lapped, yeah. I guess. And um, so who is she played by? So I'll tell you who she She's played by as a grown-up. Okay. Maybe. She's played by Elizabeth Montgomery. Oh, bewitched. Style. I guess she was beautiful. She was an attractive woman. So uh, she... So, well, sorry, what year was that TV movie? 93. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, she, the, she escapes from home by getting married at 19. And so in 1952, she marries a man named James Taylor. Not uh, the singer. Uh, no. I know. Are you sure? I hope so. His middle name was Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the most interesting thing about him. 
He's 24 years old. He's a veteran and a furniture store. He, uh, they, he had a short fuse though. I think kind of like her dad. She was, you know, drawn to men who were fucking dicks. Um, <laughs> they have two children, but the marriage is bad because, uh, he's an asshole and he rightly suspects Blanche of having unfair affairs. She's just like, after that dick, like all <laughs> over town. It's yeah. like, okay, honey. Yeah. Um, in 1954, Kroger had just come to town in Greensboro, so she gets a job. For Kroger or Greensboro? <laughs> Both! We don't have we that don't in have California. It. It's kind of this, like, the, the grocery store chain is like a new thing there, too, where it's like, it's, they're really friendly and nice, but with like, you know, but it's like a grocery. Yeah, a that was like a big deal in the 50s, market. yeah. Um, <laughs> it was super. super. I just got why they called it that. <laughs> so we're learning so we're much learning tonight. So much. It's fun. Um, so he, uh, she. Let's see. By 1959, she's been promoted to head cashier, which is kind of like assistant manager, which is the highest job available to women in Kroger at that time. <laughs> oh wait, now I don't like Kroger. <laughs> Um, because she's really friendly, she's outgoing, everyone likes her, they like get in her line when they're getting checked out just to fucking talk with her. Okay, so sorry, can I just say what I think she... Always. The picture I am getting in my head now is the hair is tall and there's always gum in her mouth, like always. Or a cigarette at that time. Oh my God, gum on one side and cigarette on the other? <laughs> Virginia Slim. Oh, girl. Let's look at a photo, here's a photo of her oh. and James Taylor and their two... <laughs> think they're two children? Bewitched and James Taylor. Yeah. Oh, and now we're too close. I have to back and it one up of a their children. Bit. If you, she looks shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she's cute. She's pretty. She's outgoing. She's really. Wait, what that? What's that baby's name? I didn't write it down. Because oh, I. <laughs> <laughs> Steven. Vanessa. Steven. Knew this story. I know. So I did too. Well, you're like it's obviously it's Jeanette, you idiot. What does it say? Stephen is amazing. I don't even ever look at what it says there. <laughs> he sends us like slides, like to get okayed by 3 p.m. the day of, and we're like, yeah, great. Add this one. Add that one. Take that one out. And what does it say? I can't. Oh, see it says it. Blanche Taylor Moore with her husband James and daughter Vanessa. Vanessa. Stephen. Stephen, you're so good at your job. Hired. You're hired. Okay. Oops. I, okay. So she e e. Um, <laughs> Let's get up and walk around for every picture. <laughs> it's fun. She's super well liked. As I said, she's a church going mother. Everyone's like, great. But she, as I said, she likes that B. And so, who doesn't? I mean, come on. She. It's fun. She fucks around with uh, with coworkers. She fucks around with some customers. She's just like everybody ah. wants to get in her line. That's right. <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. He, there, yes. Something about check, getting checked out. Checking you know, out. But it's not that great. I'm a uh, price check. Right. Price check on this. Right. <laughs> it's easy. It's funny. It's fun. <laughs> um, but it's not like she was happy at home because Mr. James Taylor was, as I said, an <laughs> asshole. He was, he was explosive. One time, like, he dragged her down the street with her coat in the, caught in the car. And I don't think her body was in the car, but her body was in the coat. Like, he sucked, you know? So she was like, he didn't do that to Carly Simon, though, did he? <laughs> I don't, 
I don't think so. Just her. Walked into a Kroger like it was walking onto a yacht. That's not him. Is it? <laughs> That's her. Oh. Nice. Really good. You gotta go with it. Thank you. You gotta. Um, but, 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 but. Okay. So in 1962, Blanche starts fucking around with a married store manager where she works. His name is uh, Raymond Reed. He's played by John M. Jackson. No, no, me neither. No. Um, he's, I'm sure he's good, though. He's younger than her. He's 27. He's married with two kids, but eventually they start fucking around. He kind of falls hard for her, it seems. Um, James Taylor and Blanche. I know, it's great, right? I are, just can't get his face or voice out of my mind. Or just like, James Taylor was incredibly violent. Or like, how? <laughs> he, he put his guitar down really hard? Like, what? How? <laughs> They were married for over 20 years when James starts getting sick out of nowhere. He, yeah, he's got <laughs> vomiting. Oh, we know what this is. Mm -hmm. It's just, he's got a cold and everything's fine. No, it's fine. No, he starts vomiting. He's got the fucking diarrhea situation. He, uh, he's got crazy cramping and so much agony. And He's um, seeing fire. He's seeing rain. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a hack. Good. Don't go for that. that. That's bad. Don't cheer for that. Do it. That's very bad. Blanche, he didn't even make sense. <laughs> um, no, it was good. It was good. <laughs> Blanche is, of course, take, caretaking him at his bedside when he's in the hospital, feeding him and everything. Um, but he just gets sicker, and at 45 years old, James Taylor dies. Oh. So Blanche's fucking dad, remember him? He sucked. <laughs> oh, she also was saying he was he molested her too, which is like not hard to believe if he's like pawning her off to, you know. Yes. He it turns out that he had had a second family, as these monsters like to do. And oh, he, like a secret second family. A fa secret uh, second family, which like when she was younger, he had later dated them for this other family. So she had like cut all contact with him and then uh, a little later, um, he, so a couple of years before uh, James got sick, she had started, uh, she had reconciled, reconciled? Yeah. Reconciled. Yeah. With him. Um, but pretty, it was good that they became friends again last minute because he immediately started getting sick too. Oh. No, yeah. No, right. So right in time. Yeah, right in time. She just, she slipped right in at the last minute. That's right. Okay. So she took, she care took him and, you know, found him. <laughs> and everything, and but he uh, he eventually died too. And uh, both James Taylor and her father were their cause of death was thought to be heart attack. Okay, it's not a heart it's attack. It's not going to be a heart attack. <laughs> oh, they, and they would right before they would die, they turned blue, which is oh. crazy, right? Freezing cold. I don't know. Okay. Um, and then, uh, okay, so this dude, Robert Hutton, all right, this guy is the Kroger's regional manager for Pied the Piedmont Triad area. She's going back, yes. Triad. Represent. The Triad is unbelievable. That area. God, what an area. You got, you got the one area, the, the second area. There's three the all together. And but they're all. When you combine them as a triad. As an area. It's fucking nuts over there. <laughs> I just like that she keeps it all in-house Kroger. Oh, yeah. She's just like, she's brand name only. <laughs> she's fucking Kroger stuff. You have to admit, though, grocery stores are sexy. <laughs> 
Well, probably in that back then, it was like brand new. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like those. Remember those open um, freezers <laughs> yeah. that you just like don't, you put your whole upper you body into? You guys are children. <laughs> they used to be like that. It used to be back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> so this dude, Robert Hutton, as I said, Kroger's regional manager for the Piedmont Triad area. <laughs> He's played by Guy Boyd. No, this movie didn't have star power. No. Well, maybe they got a lot of people from the theater. Oh. Perhaps. Like Elizabeth Montgomery. (laughs) So he's known as a fucking sexually harassing creep, and all the women who work for Kroger in the triad area are like, fuck this dude, he won't leave us alone. Everyone fucking hates him. She said one time he like put his hand up her skirt, and all the women would say uh, that worked there were like, he gets you alone in a small room and takes his pants off. Whoa! This is like, this is like some straight up 1970s, this is like regular, (laughs) this is always, all the time. Yes. Um, They're like, oh, it's the old, it's pants off break. (laughs) You can have a smoke break, you can have lunch break or you can meet me in the back for right. pants off break so um blanche starts flirting with him and eventually gets him to do the pants off break she's like i'm not scared of those fucking pants yeah i do pants off break That's around right. here she gets him to do it <laughs> okay now here's where it's gonna be hard later because you're gonna love her right now i promise you she grabs his fucking pants and runs out of the fucking office. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and like all holds him aloft. Like, look every like fucking runs out of the store, never comes back. He has to tie a fucking like uh, butcher apron around himself to get he out. He did? Uh-huh. Okay, and also it's the sorry, it's the se- late 60s, 70s? Uh yeah. Or so because yeah, it's 70s. only women in that grocery store. Right. That's oh, right. all women. There's no that's, men it's, it's, yeah, gro- that's right. like, grocery shopping then. No that's fucking right. way. And they're like all <laughs> applauding her. Oh, can you imagine the slow-mo like running like come on like What's the yes, yes. fucking Hanes underwear. (laughs) Um, Okay, we have to stop loving her now. Yes. Okay. So, uh, she files a sexual harassment lawsuit against him and Kroger. Yeah, it's That's fucking right. groundbreaking. Oh, this is in October 1985, so oh, same okay. thing. Yeah. It's, it's pretty... So, um, but here's the problem with that. So, she's been f- fucking around with her co-worker, remember him, Raymond Reed, yep. for a long time. They've been, like, dating. The young guy? The young guy who's married, but they're... And, like, she's fucking around, and he's fucking around, like, everyone's fucking around. <laughs> it's the 80s. Um, but they've been dating and together for a while. He helps her out financially sometimes. And so they have to maintain their secret relationship because she had said as part of her lawsuit was that she was, quote, completely alienated and antagonistic towards men and had not been able to maintain any meaningful social contacts with the opposite sex because of the harassment. So she's just like, this is on the DL. (laughs) Everyone. Zip it. Oh, and the sexual harassment lawsuit was filed for $15 million. Oh, shit. She was just like, it is crappening. So <laughs> let's uh, do this, Kroger. <laughs> so the um, the regional manager, Kroger's regional manager for the Tri Mont 
the Piedmont Triad area. <laughs> the Triad Piedmont area. Yes. He's forced to resign and lose his pension. Yay. Oh, um, wow. And Kroger eventually settles two years later out of court for $275,000, which in today's market is about $600,000. Okay. Great. Not the worst. Then another weird thing. Then another, then there's another like weird thing when her fucking, um, mobile home or her, yeah, her mobile home catches on fire. And when the, uh, and burns down and when the cops go to check it out, they faint, they were like, it's arson. And, and she was like, okay, well, here's the thing. This fucking pervert's been following me. And he lit it on fire. And the insurance were like, okay, here you go. And gave her money for that. (laughs) Then she did it a second time, lit her new fucking home on fire. Okay. Like shortly after she moved in there. And she was like, that fucking pervert again. He is just so resilient, that pervert. Yeah. So she's got some some of those issues going on. All right. So she's kind of scamming insurance. She's like, she's doing it. She, yeah. She's getting hers, really. She's getting hers. Any way she can. She's kind of like over church at this point after all this shit happens, but her friend makes her go with her on Easter Sunday to uh, church. I don't know the name of it. <laughs> to a church. I almost said temple, so <laughs> at least I got that right. Um, and she goes and meets the reverend at this church. He's a recently divorced good-looking dude so it's not catholic (laughs) we just we can do this we can yeah figure it out slowly but surely he's played by david clennan no No. never in my life have you not gotten i breaking my heart i'm sorry i would Uh, start lying you know david clennan from mash Yes. I always go with MASH because like I no, no one here watched it really like it was on in the background I know you all watched it you're very smart okay uh, <laughs> it really was the height of intellectualism if you were watching MASH hey look what I have written here he was the divorced pastor of the Carolina United Church of Christ in rural Alamance County between Durham and Greensboro nice you Turns know out exactly I what you were talking it. about. Temple Beth Israel. No. <laughs> <laughs> he so he had gotten kicked out of his old fucking uh, you know pastor place church. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Because he had been having a 16 year affair with one of his parishioners. Yeah. Yes. That's right. <laughs> parishioners. I thought you you pointed like that, and I was like, please don't tell me a child. <laughs> No, but With like he was his... on his pulpit. Like, I see. Yeah, he's way up. He's up. They're and, sitting down there. You know, like yeah, I got right. it. Right. So they meet, and they're both like attractive. You know, attractive older in their fifties, let's say, and they're and like they're into each other. But he's obsessed with her, it seems like, and she's still, you know, dating uh, Reed, and so he just kind of starts uh, nudging her <laughs> to date. <laughs> but she's like, I'm not into this. Uh, they, but they start dating secretly eventually. Um, he seems like a nice dude. I don't know. He seems like a nice priest. Yeah. Um, and it's at this point that uh, Blanche starts to get sick of her boyfriend, Richard Reed, and it doesn't know how to break up with people, apparently, and <laughs> so move on. He starts getting sick. How did you know that? I don't know. 
Um, let's see here. Yeah, so so she starts getting sick of him, and he's pressuring her to marry him at this point. Reed, oh, just don't do that to Blanche. And uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. And mm. so she, and uh, she had started this new relationship behind her, uh, his back, which was like getting serious, which he suspected. So in 1986, he starts getting sick, as you said. Yeah, developing what initially is diagnosed as a case of shingles, which is really painful rashes, and. Uh, <laughs> You've seen the commercials. Yeah, you know. <laughs> the virus is already inside of you. Bad news. <laughs> really bad news. Sorry, everybody. Apparently, it's like insanely fucking painful and horrible. No, it's really bad. Yeah. yeah. And then it, that's, it sucks. So he's hospitalized. Okay, ready to feel fucking horrible for him. So his rashes are so bad that one gets infected in his genitalia area. He has to get circumcised to get rid of it. That sucks, right? This poor fucking dude. Um, it didn't. It doesn't work. He's, the rashes keep happening, and uh, they do test him for arsenic at the hospital, though, and oh. uh, it turns out positive. Oh, but the test got fucking lost. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. Blanche is by his bedside, taking care of him. Oh, good, good, good. She's good. feeding him his favorite things: banana pudding and peanut butter milkshakes. Great. Which is so hard to slip anything in, as everyone knows. <laughs> As anyone with a dog knows. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and it like made him so happy that she was caring for him because she could, he could tell that she wasn't as interested anymore and now she's here taking care of him. Oh, no. That's the saddest. Yeah. But he dies on October 7th, 1986. Um, 86th? No. <laughs> <laughs> the 86th of October? You know. Uh and they, doctors say that the cause of death is Guillain-Barr syndrome, mm -hmm. which is a rare disorder which your body's, in which your body's immune system attacks your nerves. So like, fuck, shingles or that, they both sound fucking terrible. Um, and they were neither. And they were neither. <laughs> the worst one of all. Right. Your girlfriend did it. Your <laughs> girlfriend's your shingles already inside of you. <laughs> That's right. And she'll help you at aisle four. <laughs> oh, what? Check out stand four. Damn it. No, it's That fine. wouldn't have been funny anyway. Don't go back. Don't go it, back. You're right. Okay. So then finally Blanche is free to publicly see Reverend Moore and they start going public after his death. They get married in November 1988 and they go to the most romantic place for honeymoons. Niagara Falls. No, but like sarcastically. I was being sarcastic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love it there? I've never been, but I really want to go. <laughs> After watching um, this the is center. not a spoiler. This last, the last part of the center, I was like, Vince, is it really like that there? <laughs> and he was like, Yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, We should go. Oh my God, look yes. at those falls. Look at the, look at how Niagara okay, they Can are. I guess again? Yes. Paris. You were close. No, no, no. Sarcastic. Oh, oh, sarcastic. Las Vegas. No. Sarca again, sarcastic. <laughs> there's a lot of bad places in the world. New Jersey. <laughs> there's no payoff. Shit. I was going to say Sarasota Springs. All right. <laughs> they go to New Jersey uh, to visit... What? Don't know. Okay. <laughs> To uh, his 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 son lives there. They just he just had his first grandson, so they go or kid, so they go there to uh, honeymoon. <laughs> you know, sure. as you do. Yeah. And um, but they you know they have to cut their trip short because 
He gets sick. sick. Oh. Five days after they're married, he gets violently <laughs> sick and they go home. He gets the New Jersey flu. That's right. <laughs> and they end up going to several hospitals and doctors are trying to figure out what the fuck is wrong with him. And uh, his condition, condition just keeps deteriorating. <laughs> it's threatening multiple organ failure and death. And Blanche is like, I don't, they're like, what could it be? And she's like, I don't know. You know, I know that we were in the um, garden working with, and there was herbs side there so maybe that's that maybe it's that that I put in his peanut butter <laughs> shake <laughs> and that is her fucking if she hadn't mentioned that she might have gotten away with another one really because her saying that it could be poison and like hoping they'll just brush it off and be like that must be what it is is the thing that triggered them because doctors ordered a toxicology screen to check for the po- that poison specifically like yeah maybe he accidentally put it in a sandwich or something you know <laughs> as you do you know gardeners <laughs> fucking around <laughs> The, res- the results are, reveal more, ar- more arsenic than they had ever seen in a living person. Oh. 20 times the normal amount. It's the most arsenic ever consumed by someone who doesn't die from it. So he survives. Whoa. Yeah. That's the I survive I want to see. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so some, this dude is built from the, his genes. Like, get in. Get, get in on those. There. Get in them. Get inside Grab of them. Grab those genes and run out of the grocery right. store. It's already inside that's, of you. That's what you want. <laughs> Good right? one. That's great. Yeah, we're doing it. We're really doing What's it. What's happening? Okay. Um, then they're like, he still doesn't suspect his wife. And they're like, hey, uh, do you know anyone else who's died of like a weird disease, like a weird sickness or something like that? Maybe you caught it or whatever. And he's like, oh, my, my wife's ex died of Gillian Barr syndrome. <laughs> and then they're like, oh shit. Like, let's check out this chick. And uh, they also discovered that Blanche had attempted to change Reverend Moore's pension in order to make herself the primary beneficiary. She'd also become the primary beneficiary of fucking Reed's uh, bullshit oh, right yeah. before he died. Sure. He couldn't he couldn't say I want her to be primary beneficiary because he couldn't speak at that point. So he just nodded at the lawyer when he uh, asked him. And she was like I just brought the lawyer to visit you yeah. <laughs> because I thought it would be so nice. Would you look at this paperwork really quick? But he fucking you? loved her so much that he, like, at that point didn't even think about it. She, what, what was, like, small talk with her like? I mean, was she the most magnetic person of all time? Well, I think that, I think it's the women didn't like her and she was magnetic and flirtatious with men, you yeah. know, and they were, like, obsessed with her. And her pussy was lined with gold. <laughs> Because, I mean, what could it be? What, what else could it be? I'm just asking. And you can think about it in your seats, but... How do you do it? Isn't Good. dating hard enough? She's just slaying left and right. Oh. Yes. No, 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 no. So we uh, will not make her an antihero. No, we will not do that. She's not. She's not. She also, at that point, she's like, "Oh shit, they're on to me." So she cuts Reverend Moore's hair off to try to make it so they can't test his hair for poison. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, uh, we're gonna grab some pubes from this poor guy." <laughs> love her ego that she thinks she can do yeah. this shit in front of doctors and no one's going to be it's be like oh you gave him a loving final haircut <laughs> yeah. like, people don't do that or in that, hospitals as if they'd go oh he doesn't have any hair guess we can't test him for poison oh well yeah eh, it's oh, too much to do it the other shoot. way oh dang hate. it our other way machine's not working today so i guess <laughs> we can't do it i'm sure it's called something but i don't know what testing machine the testing machine that's for sure. gotta be it that's it 
<laughs> okay, so as I said, Reverend Moore survives by the grace of, you know, the guy up there uh, <laughs> that you guys all are into. Um, <laughs> during poli- during in police interviews, Blanche states that both uh, Reverend Moore and her ex, her her boyfriend at the time who's dead Reed they, they were depressed at the time so maybe they probably took the poison themselves yeah that's probably to kill it. themselves 20 times the amount they would yeah. need glug 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 yeah. goodbye I just yeah. got married five days ago but I'm really depressed yeah in the light of these revelations, of course, uh, bodies are exhumed, including her first husband, James Taylor, <laughs> her uh, longtime boyfriend, Raymond Reed, her, Blanche's father, her name is Parker Kaiser, yikes, yeah. um, and <laughs> James Taylor's mother, who had died before James Taylor had died, her name's um, Isla Taylor, and uh, so her mother-in-law, who she had uh, fed through her sickness no. before she died too. No way. Dang. So autopsy showed that elevated levels of arsenic were in all three, all four bodies, but the bodies, in, uh, but Reed and Taylor were the most, uh, were actually fatal, uh, you know? Amounts? Dosages. Got doses. It. So they're, they classify their deaths as arsenic poisoning. Um, let's see. They 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 let they said that more than thirty people arose as possible arsenic victims of Blanche fucking Taylor Moore. Whoa, thirty. But it, you know those can't be confirmed. It's just these four that they actually took out. But like they start looking at everyone who ever died who went to the Kroger. You know what I mean? <laughs> so who knows? It's like, did he have shingles? Right, and I think everyone was like, "Look at my! Like, you need to look at my dead person." Like, I think she did it. She yeah. came over once for lunch or something like that. Well, I mean, but if that person is like this, you know, hiding in plain sight, yeah, she did go to t- she did Tupperware parties too. Jesus, so Christ. she probably it's like some people probably look back and they're like, "I got really sick after I hung out with her that one time." Yes, and we're, yeah, they probably, I'm sure. Yeah. Also, or even if they didn't, just like how yeah. freaky it would be, where you're just like, uh, "I want you to investigate my whole life." Yeah. this is just so freaky. Yeah. It's so creepy. Um, okay, so in the aftermath of that, it was also found that the doctors at the uh, Baptist Hospital where Raymond Reed was admitted in 86, remember that they had lost his fucking toxicology report? Yes. What happened was the resident responding for caring, the resident responsible for caring had rotated to another hospital, and the new resident never passed the results up the chain of command. So it just didn't get there. So it could have stopped at that point. I honestly thought you were going to say that she came in and fucked that resident, and then was oh! like... Could I see your files really quick? I just want to look at your files Why really quick. Why are you quick. ripping that paper up, ma'am? <laughs> but, so, but, uh, his ex, Raymond Reed's ex-wife and his son did sue Baptist Hospital for malpractice because, uh, and it, they could do so because Blanche had, had primary care of him. And yeah. so, I don't know. So they think that she tampered with it, maybe. Yeah. So. That would make sense. She's arrested in 1989, charged with first-degree murder, it, uh, the death of R- Raymond Reed, because they thought that was the one that sh- they could totally prove, and also assault with a deadly weapon for the poisoning of Reverend Moore. The trial uh, goes to Winston-Salem in October 21st. Great trials up there. They really nail it. <laughs> in 1990, Blanche is 57 years old at this point. Want to take a fucking peek at please? Her? Whoa! That's her on the catwalk. Look at her promenading to court. She is. Oh, you look know at what? Little, look at how she did with her prison. I kind of see it. I see what people are seeing in her. <laughs> are those? 
those, is that her prison uniform that she put pearls in a little bunch of She tied that roof? shit over onto the side. That looks like 1987 to me. Uh-huh, that's kicky. <laughs> Look at those big earrings, too. She's, she might as well be going like this. <laughs> it's my trial. She's fucking... Well, they think she was a fucking narcissist, so she... Think so? <laughs> yeah, I think so. And probably had uh, a, a little touch of the bi-proxy. Uh, what's it a called? little munch by props. A little munch by props. Sure. <laughs> Why not? So... Every day, I thank God I don't have a job where I have to wear polyester pants with a belt. Oh. It is... Absolutely. So unforgiving and unfair... That lady has a nice waist, but Jesus Christ, I And those are never. probably the ones she got when she started the job, like, and they won't give her a new pair because That's right. of budget cuts. That's right. So she's just like... She's like, you motherfuckers. Making it work. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, for sure. He gets to wear whatever he wants. <laughs> so after six hours of deliberation, she's found guilty. She's convicted on November 14th, 1990. And the judge, uh, she fucking gets sentenced to, to die by lethal injection. Oh, shit. That they're not fucking around. <laughs> she gets sentenced to die by peanut butter milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Just to be. <laughs> That's great. She doesn't stand trial for the death of her other people. Um, and she is still at the uh, North Carolina Correctional Institution for Women. She's alive right now? She's still alive. Jesus Christ. Uh, she's 85 years old, and she's the state's oldest death row inmate. <gasps> and the second longest serving and one of the only... Uh, one of the only two women, but the, you guys are not, they won't, the death penalty thing isn't, you know, they don't make it happen. Yeah. Because the doctors are like, they're like, we need a doctor present for putting people to death here. And the doctors are like, hey, we can't, we signed a thing that we wouldn't harm people. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that thing that you want us to do? So we can't do that. So it's not probably not going to happen. She'll probably die of old age beforehand. Um, she used to write music, but now spends her time writing poetry. You'll be happy to know. Yeah, I am happy to know that. Uh, she's religious again, and uh, <laughs> she's been able to avoid what religion? <laughs> Straight up Satanism. <laughs> she's been able to avoid execution for over 29 years, and to this fucking day, and all through the trial, she fucking maintains her innocence. Yes. And that is your Black Widow, Blanche Taylor. Wow, you guys. That was amazing. Thank you. Woo! Oh. That was fun. Hey, let's get peanut butter milkshakes after hey. this. Hey! Hey! Wanna go get a <laughs> wanna go gardening? <laughs> do we have time for a uh, Yeah, let's hometown? do a little hometown murder. Not yet, hands down. Now Karen's gonna tell just you. Just a quick review. I know you probably know all these rules, but basically let's just really think about them and take them in. It's important. You know you're excited. You can't raise your hand if you're, let's say, four beers in <laughs> and you can't follow your own story. It's crucial that you are able to concisely tell your story in an exciting and engaging manner. Um, it can be very overwhelming when you're standing up here. We make it look it's so very easy. <laughs> but there's all these fucking balconies it's, 
and shit so and people are staring at you and they hate you because you got picked yeah. and you get really in your head and then you start thinking of other things but you don't know why you're thinking of those things and then you're, like, you're supposed to tell the story but we'll help you through it yes. so don't worry but still you know handle your shit um, make sure it's concise make sure it's local um, and was there, what was the one from the other night there's, there was a new one there's a new one that you picked What? No. no. We said that already. Ah, uh, uh, oh, look who it is! Vince April, everybody! The tour manager. They're gonna come in right over oh, there. there's staircase over there. Okay. Yesterday, Vince had a, a pretzel waiting for us backstage after the show. That was exciting. Hands. Tonight, the words of wisdom are, God bless Ric Flair. <laughs> fucking local work. Yeah, he knows. Uh, He's a professional right, comedian. Let's do this. I'm still on a roll, right? Or do you want to pick someone? No, no, no. Yo, go okay, for it. Lights up, but please. Uh, I'm scared. Whoa, whoa. Okay. Look at you. That. Hi. Holy crap. Hi, you guys. You guys are like in like Amadeus over here in your little box circles. What the fuck? <laughs> Those are all the rich people in these box seats. Ooh! Wow. Throw us money! Throw us money! Good job, you guys! You're up above everybody else! <laughs> sorry. Ooh. Oh, sorry, no. Thank you. Hi! Hi! Don't worry, it gets worse, shirt, everyone. Yes! What's your name? Lexi. Hi, Lexi! Hi, Lexi! Come on over here. Nice Where are you to from? Meet you. Um, I'm from Madison, Wisconsin, but I live in Concord, North Carolina. Okay. Oh, Concord! <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Uh, what's your hometown? So, when you said Marcus, I actually thought you were going to do my hometown um, oh. for a second. <laughs> um, it's the murder that Marcus Cragness committed actually in Michigan, but he lived in North Carolina. Okay. So, my husband went to high school with Marcus Cragness. Okay. He, and he always said he was like a little bit weird, a little bit off, like one of those people that you don't know if you should really trust. They're just one of those people. Yeah. Obviously. Um, <laughs> we all know them. So he graduated high school um, and moved up to Michigan because he said that he couldn't find what he wanted to do in life in North Carolina. So he messaged my husband about a couple weeks after he moved to Michigan. He was like, hey, I'm thinking of joining the military. I know you're in the military, so what do you think? Do you think I could get in? Do you think it's a great opportunity? <laughs> and That's my husband was like, you know what, it's great, but I don't think it's for you. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. And he's like, well, I don't know. I think I would be really good. I can hold a gun. You know, this would be great. I just can just go overseas and it'll be fun. We'll see what happens. So he never did join the military. Okay. Um, and a week after my husband received that message, um, on the news, he got arrested for stabbing his grandfather to death, <gasps> stabbing his uncle, and attempting to also stab his grandmother. Oh. So what happened is, is his grandmother, she 
watched him stab the grandfather. Um, she went into the bathroom, locked herself in, called 911, said, hey, my grandson has gone completely insane, please come. And by the time that she got out, and she recovered, thankfully, from oh, all no. of her wounds, um, and Marcus Cragness opens the door for the cops and is like, oh, hey, come into my house. Oh, he's just totally like, psycho. Just completely psycho. So he was officially deemed not mentally stable to stand trial. He went into a mental institution. A couple years later, came out officially stood trial and now he's in prison wow. oh my god Shit. that like that hometown like grazed you like it like yeah. it was like a car that's like scraped your car in the parking yeah. lot fucking a oh my yeah. god alexi good yeah. job yes that was amazing and that's how it's done alexi everybody thank you so much thank you, thank you. Oh, here. great job like that. yeah you gotta keep that microphone <laughs> That's how it's done. Wow. Our first weekend of our final tour. You guys. Over and amazing. It's amazing. You know, the first year that we did went on tour and did touring, it was kind of felt like a, it did feel like a bit of a, a it felt like it was going to end mm -hmm. very soon. <laughs> it felt like it was like, everyone's going to be excited and then it'll die down and we won't do that anymore. <laughs> and quite the opposite is happening. Yeah. It's incredible. Thank you. It's incredible. Um, and we know you guys have had a really rough uh, week or so, and we weren't sure if we're going to be able to make it, but we really appreciate you guys taking us and having us, and it's been so great being here and meeting so many awesome people. It's a real uh, thank honor. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah we've been honored. It's, uh, you know, you have helped us kick off our fall tour, yeah. the fall 2018 tour, with three incredible shows. Like, every single show has been amazing. These audiences have been so smart and so funny and so great to be with. Thank you so much for being our friends. Yeah. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. And each other's friends. We fucking love this community. We love being a part of it. So thank you, guys. You guys are amazing. Stay sexy. And... Yeah.